0: Hi, I'm Joe. I'm Mike. We host the Cinescape Magazine Podcast and a couple of Average Joes.
1: You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, wherever your favorite podcast app is.
0: And make sure to tell your friends and family and search for Cinescape Magazine Podcast.
1: Thank you for listening. Yeah. All
0: right, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> Meanwhile
1: I you not I don't 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 Alright let's do
0: it Go Welcome back my friends to the podcast that ever ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe Spiegel and sitting across from me again is
1: Mike Sutherland. Hello
0: Hello This week we are talking about Hercule Power in the The Agatha Christie murder mystery.
1: Did you really have to do that? Seriously, the Orient
0: Express.
1: (laughs) You're the only one that I know of that not only repeats himself when they're doing an intro. Yes, and we, you took a deep breath. (laughs) We, right in the middle of whatever you're like, (laughs) (laughs) like you. Ha ha! The fuck, bro. <laughs> Look, man. Hey, at least at least uh, Satanists don't love pedophilia. Yeah.
0: These are the ABCs of me, baby.
1: The ABCs of.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully, all the customers don't make it to Z. <laughs> all right. So.
1: <laughs> so uh. Actually, I did have the uh, intro, by the way.
0: Oh, did you? Well, too yeah. late now.
1: And <laughs> yeah, we're not doing the intro today.
0: Yeah, we're all sugar diki
1: Tired of doing those intros.
0: All right, so I look. I already knew that, that this was a a remake of a film that had been done before from the seventies. I just had never seen it, and I've never seen any of the other incarnations of of Agatha Christie's you know story. Um, I knew about the Poirot guy um, played by David Suchet or Suchet, sorry Suchet um, on uh, BBC and uh, and PBS. That he'd been doing that shit for like twenty five years. Fucking amazing. Um, I knew about that. I watched a couple episodes here and there with my grandmother, but um I still didn't know any details about Murder the Orient Express. So anyway, we went this week because I think uh we didn't want to see there was nothing else uh, worthwhile seeing that it was, you know, like what was it? Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't matter. So <laughs> uh we went and checked this one out. Um I have to admit the trailers made it look interesting because of the the cinematography and, and the style of it, you know, you, you th- throw in the Imagine Dragons fun that people made of it and shit, which is great. But still, it was, it was you know, it's interesting with the cast that it has and, and everything like that. So I, I, I still, I, I was, I, there was a little bit of a want to see it. Like with Kenneth Branagh, I like, I've been a fan of Kenneth Branagh's for a very long time. Um, I, I like him in everything. I loved him when he played uh, Loveless in the much hated by almost everybody Wild Wild West, you know, robotic spider. right but he was great he's he was a great fucking character in that movie and i don't think anyone can dispute that um but uh but yeah he when you know Kenneth Branagh is involved with something that he's going to put his effort into it just like when we saw um Dunkirk you know we had no problem with uh with with Branagh's performance in it right or you know uh or you know his direction of Thor and things like that so um because i always forget he's the he directed the first Thor movie uh and then with this movie, I was like, holy shit. He directed it also as starring in it, um, which I didn't realize until after the movie was over that he um, that he directed it. But uh, this movie to me is a nice change of pace. I like the fact that it didn't have to have action every five minutes like a lot of updated movies would do. Like Like say you take source material from the past and and then you you modernize it or something and you make it like full of action. Well,
1: they wouldn't be able to do that anyways because Agatha Christie Limited and Christie's great-grandson control um, the rights to all this stuff.
0: Well, that's cool. But I'm, I'm talking, this is from the outside perspective thing. Like, I don't know all the details of how this movie got made and what rules and, and stipulations were Well, made. there's
1: always the same rules and stipulations that go into anything when you buy a property. It, you don't get 100% control, and you have to pass it by the the company that owns it.
0: Okay, but you do know that there's plenty of things made off of old things that are done in this mo- up a modernized way and it's done like shit.
1: Sure. Uh, you okay. sound like
0: you don't want to do this right now.
1: It's No, it, I mean, it just... Anything anything that's controlled by an entity Tolkien, the Tolkien estate. Yeah, cuz they did such a good job with the Hobbit. It's they still have to run it by the Tolkien estate. We're going to do this or through previous iterations of of whatever. There's a contract and the contract stipulates what you can and can't do with the properties. Like, well, you can't introduce steampunk into fucking, you know, the Hobbit or whatever. You can't do this. You can't do that. It has to be based off of the books. And you can only use the characters in the books. And you can't add this. You can't add that. Blah, blah, blah. In some cases, like in The Hobbit, they did add a character. They created a brand new character that didn't exist.
0: Yeah. Well, like in this one, they, they changed a couple of characters on, around on purpose so that I think for two reasons. One, so you could bring a um, a a black character in there. Right, because the whole cast originally was not there was no black. uh, Right,
1: because you know whitewashing.
0: Yeah, and then I think the other reason was um, to 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 change it up so that um, everything that was expected wouldn't play out that way. I think. Right. Um. So instead, like, because I went back and I watched, um, the nineteen seventy four one with Albert Finney, and I watched it a couple days after we saw this movie, and. Uh, I noticed the t- the, t- the changes that they made. There wasn't very many. Like they made it look like oh, the big twist and shit, but it it ends the same goddamn way, right? You
1: know? But I mean, you don't know what the changes were between the seventy movie and the book.
0: Yeah, and and that's fine. That's fine. I, I'm just I'm basing it off of movies, man. So, um, the twists weren't that big. Like they you know. Like I said, they made them anyway. What I was going back to. Was that this movie's a nice change of pace for me as a moviegoer because we've been seeing so much action shit lately, right? And this kind of slowed it down, and it didn't have to, you know, overdo like you look. They could have like added more action scenes or something into this, you know, because f- of what they do nowadays, but they didn't, and I'm glad they just they 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 kept it light and and they kept it, you know, uh, what's the word? I don't know, apropos to the to the to the, the setting that it's in right
1: right they kept it consistent
0: yeah and so um, even though I'm not I don't give this I'm not going to end up giving this movie a high rating I still enjoyed it for what it was and even though even though there's not much new that's done with this from what's been done before from what I can tell uh, still I appreciate it for what it is and I appreciate the effort that Kenneth Branagh put into to making it right that's what I'm trying to get at so um, tell me something Tell me something, I'm
1: uh, not telling you anything <laughs> um i I don't know i I disagree with a lot of what's being said about this movie um it's getting fifty eight percent on rotten tomatoes, yeah, what did we give it? Let's just go with that first. uh, you gave it a fifty five ooh shit, that's good. I gave it a fourteen <laughs> um I'm definitely glad it did not get a fourteen yeah, you won. Uh oh, uh, Daddy's Home too. That's what else came out. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the number one comedy in America. Well, let me guess. Fucking the the funny
0: thing that happens at the end is uh, Mel Gibson ends up kissing John Lithgow. Yeah, <laughs> some stupid shit. Yeah. <laughs> Look, I'll watch that for free on Hulu in about six months.
1: Yeah, or or download it. I didn't say that. <laughs> um, fifty-one percent of the film's opening weekend audience was over the age of thirty-five um that's very telling anybody that's grown up with masterpiece theater Mm -hmm. uh, uh, because that actually surprises uh, me that i actually was able to say that yeah i'm fumbling over words right now um because i kept calling it mystery science theater
0: or watching murder she wrote
1: yeah um um, but no not murder she wrote mystery science see masterpiece theater (laughs) if you watch masterpiece theater you know who hercule Poirot is yeah um Growing up on Masterpiece Theory, because my father used to watch it all the time, and you know Monty Python and Faulty Towers and all this other stuff. Yeah. but he used to watch you know PBS.
0: Keeping up appearances. Yeah, it was <laughs> a funny show.
1: So, well, if it came out in the seventies, yeah,
0: it was. It was seventies and eighties, I think. Yeah.
1: So, uh, watching watching these these TV shows and these murder mysteries, you know. um when i went and saw murder on the orient express it took me right back to that point in time it's not it's not great yeah um it's claustrophobic that I, movie's claustrophobic
0: yeah i wonder if that's intentional or not um because they're on they are stuck on a train
1: yeah I don't uh, a lushly old fashioned adaptation wrapped in a veritable turducken of pearls, monocles, and international movie stars. Oh God, that's someone that loves to hear the sound of their own fucking voice. That's Lee Greenblatt of the of the Entertainment Weekly magazine. God, um, everybody in the you know what? Here's here's what it comes down to. Judy Dench was really good in it. Mm-hmm. Um, let me get to the cast here. Hold on a second. Pfeiffer. Yeah, Michelle Pfeiffer. Here it is. Um... Why, why does Johnny Depp sound, look, if you've ever watched Nightmare on Elm Street, uh-huh. most of us have. Yes. Johnny Depp sounds normal in that, right? Yeah. He's just a regular talkative teenage kid. Yeah. And then in other movies, he's a regular talkative teenage guy or, or an adult guy, right? Yeah, like a crybaby or whatever. Uh, yeah, and then when he gets to Edward Scissorhands. He's changed. <laughs> kind of. He, he's, <laughs> you've changed things. And then, and then after that, he does the Jack Sparrow stuff, and now all of a sudden he's got this really deep voice, you know. I think he's I, just. Oh, jolly, I think
0: he's just bitter and drained because of everything that Amber Heard did to him.
1: Well, it's possible, but he's like he's he's all everything that he's like. I did production. <laughs> it's like, really, <laughs> this is not you. It, like I, I watched, um, I watched an interview, uh. Who's the guy that's uh, – the, the English guy that uh, does all these interviews? Um, not James Corbin, but
0: – Oh, yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about.
1: He used to have an American TV show, but he didn't last because
0: – Americans are assholes?
1: Yeah. <laughs> we we don't like funny, apparently. Yeah. Not but Lipton. He, you're not talking about Lipton. No. no I know, I know. He's not English. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, though. I do. But, yeah, he does all these celebrity interviews. He's fucking hilarious. He's awesome, dude. Yeah.
0: Love it when he's got Cumberbatch and stuff on there.
1: Yeah, and Johnny Depp was on there, and it's the same thing. He's just like, "I'm Johnny Depp." Well, uh, you know, uh, and 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 he does this. He does this controlled Mm -hmm. Jack Sparrow.
0: You know, I don't know if that's morphed over time, but when I've heard him in interviews over the last few decades, um, he's not the same as when he's doing a role. Like he's he's usually like. Like, like, like you picture, like, when you see him in a movie, like, say, What's Eating Gilbert Grape? And he's very lighthearted and he's just a normal teenage kid, right? But then you see him in an interview and you listen to him and he's very, you can tell he doesn't like to talk to
1: people very much. Like, like, uh, he doesn't but like. But I'm not talking about that. I don't give a shit about that. I give a shit about the fact that he's fake. You think he's doing the Madonna he's, thing? He's d- completely doing the Madonna thing. <laughs> he's, he's so fucking in his head. And he's, look, uh, he was in a Japanese commercial dressed as Jack Sparrow playing a guitar. Yeah. It's fucking hilarious. But that but he's he's a controlled his his speech is controlled Jack Sparrow. Your is
0: almost as good as your own.
1: Yeah, now <laughs> that, now bring that down like an octave. Oh. That's fucking Johnny Depp normal. was is almost as good as your own. That's exactly what he sounds like.
0: Also I could think it's from he smokes a lot dude so maybe that's also No maybe
1: that's <laughs> Do do I does my voice sound any different No no it doesn't Okay then it's Josh, you, it's because you wash all the smoke away with tons of Pepsi. Yeah, Josh Gad was good in this, and I, I'm not a fan of Josh Gad. Well,
0: because he actually put him in a decent role, not some fucking goofy, funny Playboy shit.
1: Right. Uh, Penelope Cruz was good in it. Willem Dafoe was good in it. Yeah. You have all these high-powered actors.
0: I liked. Uh, I also liked the little bit of um, Jacoby, Derek Jacoby, in there. He was the. Um, he was like the servant, the old guy's servant, right?
1: Um, Daisy Ridley was really good in it uh the the one character i didn't care for was um the salesman <laughs> no uh, uh the girl that was supposed to be taking all of the uh the um the drugs whatever her whatever drug they were using
0: um are you talking about um D- judy dench's ma- um servant no well
1: shit <sighs> the girl that was in one of the cabins That would sleep all day But what was the fucking drug That they found in the uh,
0: Oh you're talking about the um, the, uh, the countess um, there, Judy Dennis was the princess But this lady was the countess She had the husband The overprotective husband Right um, We'll just go back down to the credits You'll see her name
1: It wasn't there
0: Yeah it was She's the countess Right there um, She is uh, Helena
1: and, and Renee
0: Yeah so Lucy Boynton
1: all right. Well, the Sergei Palunin plays count, uh, Andrei, Rudolph. No, Andrini? <laughs> and and when they first meet him, when, when they're boarding the Orient express yeah. in India, you know, he's like doing fucking karate kicks on everybody because they're taking pictures or whatever. And yeah. I just, I'm like, come on.
0: You know what? I totally forgot about that scene, but you're right. That was a little fucking cheesy.
1: Yeah. That, that was the only piece of the movie I didn't care for. Cause it just didn't work. Yeah. Um, did you not think it was a little bit cheesy? Look,
0: I like the whole Jerusalem scene at the beginning when he, you know, he calls out those three people, the three you
1: know priests or whatever. Yeah, the Wailing Wall.
0: But the, when the guy gets, fucking runs into his cane sticking out of the wall, that was a little cheesy.
1: No. He, look, Poirot is one of those guys that wants order and chaos. Yes. So he knows everything that's going to happen. So he tells the guy to go to the South Gate mm-hmm. to protect it. Yeah. Go over to the South Gate and stand guard there he knows that the guy that he's going to call out is going to run to the south gate mm-hmm. and he's going to make his way through the crowd and the only way he can make his way through the crowd is through the, by the wall yeah he's going to try and take out poirot right mm-hmm. so he puts a stick there mm-hmm. completely forgets about it and hits the stick that's <laughs> poirot that's that's the way he works yeah. he's he's he sees everything. He's a step. Ahead. It's, he's, like his chest. it's like he's chess. He's like yeah, playing chess. Exactly. He's ten steps ahead of everybody. All right. And that's how he works. But um, I
0: do like the rest of it, though. Like where he's doing the egg thing. He's got the kid running to get his eggs and shit. And, right. You know, it's it's playful and it shows how, how what kind of um, personality that that Poirot's got. Right. So I I like all that stuff.
1: And then the 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 final scene where he's walking towards everybody, which was basically the Last Supper. Yeah. Did you notice that? Yeah. So the, the conspirators. Yeah. Right?
0: That was I that's different than how it was in the 1974 movie because all that happened on the train when he confronted everybody. Um but I liked how they they did it outside. It was it was a different, you know, it was like a, a different kind of a contrast to
1: it. Yeah. And the way that the murder on the Orient Express works out is everybody's fucking guilty. Yeah. Um everybody was was a conspirator in the murder of johnny depp's character oh spoiler alert you already (laughs) knew that he was going to die anyways
0: yes he's going to die and yeah he played a ratchet his character was ratchet but he was actually cassetti
1: yes he was a he was a child killer yeah and i mean that's that's pretty strong role to take when you're johnny depp Mm -hmm. um when when he does that when he when he gets on board and everybody gets on board with him. There's only X amount of compartments on the Orient Express and stuff like that, so they 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 boot one person whose name is Harris. And I don't know what he has to do with the entire story but or what he was, you know, this this Harris character that was late for boarding the Orient Express. Yeah. But it just happens to work out that this guy missed misses the train so that Poirot can get on yeah right everybody played their role perfectly yeah that's what's really good about this movie
0: yeah it is it just felt a little at times it felt a little boring
1: well yeah it's going to because there is no fucking you know things getting bombed or (laughs) yeah superheroes flying around yeah and then here's the other thing
0: here's my other big complaint about the movie is that I'm spoiled by seeing so many mysteries over the years that about halfway through, I already figured out what, how it was what 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 the ending was going to be. Right, and I was right because I like I said I've never seen the other incarnations of this of this story before, so there there's that problem is that there's nothing new that you're telling me that you're showing me here. You well, know what you I mean?
1: you didn't know that all twelve of them did it. I
0: know that at least the uh, almost all of them did it. That I already I I figured that one out because
1: yeah. because this is why. No, because we had this we had this conversation and you said. I you, said. At least you most. said like X amount of. You said like. I think Josh Gad's the guy that did it.
0: Well, I said that at first. I said that on purpose because I wanted it because it, it sounded funny because I because we both aren't he, big fans of his.
1: But when we were talking out in the parking lot, yeah, I said if you notice there was twelve knife wounds.
0: Yeah, that see that that wasn't a clue to me. It, it should have been, but no. What gave it away to me was um, after about I'd say about halfway through all of his interviews with the with all the um of the, all the suspects. Um, every one of them had a connection to the Armstrong case, right? And that's when I was like, "Okay, watch." Well, it. hold
1: on, you got to explain what the Armstrong case is.
0: The Armstrong case is the, the the kid that was kidnapped.
1: Daisy Armstrong was a little girl who was abducted from her bedroom and held for ransom. And even though the ransom was paid, her body was found in the woods, murdered.
0: Yeah, it was very similar to uh, real life events that happened around the same time. Right. Um. With uh, I, I can't remember the name of it, but it was a big deal at the time. And then and the child, the body of the baby was found like a few weeks later out in the forest behind their house or some shit it was fucked up. Um but uh yeah, it's uh so that that's how I figured out that it was there that, that um there was way more than one conspirator when it, when you know by the by the time it got to the end. Um so there's that. Uh, other than that, um I was I was the movie made me feel very comfortable. I I, I loved going on this this train ride with, with Kenneth Poirot. You know what I mean? It, he's someone that even though he's, he's, he can be irritating and all of his little quirks and shit like that and all of his OCDs and stuff, but it didn't matter because that, that makes him more interesting. Right. You know? And I uh, also the fact that he could stand up, uh, he stands up to anybody. He stood up to Johnny Depp. Well, I mean, look, look at most people. If you were confronted by someone like Johnny Depp's character, how um how evil you could tell you could see in his fucking eyes how evil the guy was right and the way he was talking to him when when they both sat down and ate uh that most people wouldn't have said no to Johnny Depp's character like okay sure you know what I mean but Poirot's like I, I don't I don't I don't like you I don't respect you and I'm not going to do this for you you know he had no qualms about it whatsoever he wasn't afraid sure and that uh, and that that up to my respect level for for uh, Poirot because of it um, but. Yeah, there were some good performances in there. I I love that scene between between Depp and uh, and Brenna when they were sitting there because I knew that the, that scene wasn't going to happen again. Right. You know, and uh, and yeah, so I think my favorite scenes in the entire film were were the scene, Well, yeah, I liked the Jerusalem thing, but then I also liked the uh, Johnny Depp and, and Brenna, and then the confrontation at the end where they're all sitting outside in the snow. Right. That was really fucking good. And it was powerful, um because you know Paro is all about um balance, right he has to balance everything, just like how when he was walking through the manure and he had to step in the other one with his other shoe at the same you know like just to make sure that both feet had manure on them, right things like that so um but for him it was like uh pretty much he couldn't balance things out because he agreed with what these people had done by the end of it, you know, so he decided to you know keep their secret right. You know and he had to live with that and uh you could tell that it was like it was extremely difficult for his character to do so because normally he can't do that shit so um yeah i mean look all in all i i love the production design every time that it did an outside shot and you saw a lot of times they would show it when it was a um a sun a sundown or a sun up you know sunrise or sun you know anyway and you would um, just the background of it, man. How beautiful it would it would look over the over wherever the fuck they filmed. You know where where did they film it? I don't In know. the Swiss Swiss mountains or whatever, um, but uh, the Swiss Alps or something. But it just yeah, it, right. Even when that last scene when he you know he's he's gets off the train and they hit him with another case. You know the the Nile case, right. Um, and you see the background, and then the people on the train—they go their way, and he gets into the car, and he's going to go his way. I, I loved how that ended. It wasn't—it wasn't like some big action scene. It was—it was just—it was just—it was, just, was what it was. You know what I mean? It, it just—I liked it. I—I I liked the change of pace. I liked everything about this movie when it came to its style, and I'm glad I saw it. And I'm actually looking forward to this movie making enough money that Rana says he'll try to do the character again.
1: Well, it's made 102 against 55. So.
0: Yeah, 102 in one weekend, one week. Unless and actually, yeah, in one week it has done that. So, um, pretty sure that this movie is going to um, have another, se- you know, have a sequel to it. Right. So I'm interested. I'm interested in the character. Hopefully, they can do better with the next one. You know, it'll be more interesting. But it's also if you're going to base it off of Agatha Christie, you know, it. I mean that's going to be a tough one you know hopefully i haven't seen the story because um after watching this movie i've gotten interested in going back and watching all the da- um, david Suchet um poirot um episodes that he did because he did like 70 episodes um and i used to watch a few of those with my grandma so i i kind of i don't know i have this yearning now to watch them all because of it okay so um anyway um I gave the movie... I'm probably going to give the... I haven't finished my review yet. You know, shoot me in the dick for that one. But uh, I'm probably going to end up giving the movie about a six and a half. Okay. Not me.
1: I'll give it a four. Damn. Um, It's a good movie. It's not great. Okay. Because um, that's
0: below average, you know.
1: Yeah. But again, look, on a scale of one to ten, a seven is a C. But average is f- 58. That's... You know, with the av- I'm sorry the average is 6.1 out of 10. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, 58%. Maybe I'll give it a 5. Um it's a and I agree it's a needless remake.
0: It is. It it you know what? It, it I I can argue all I want, but when it all boils down to it, was it necessary?
1: Yeah. But that doesn't mean that I didn't enjoy it. Yeah. It just means that yeah. um I I don't understand why they would do another version of Murder, murder on the Orient Express when you have so many other Agatha Christie Poirot films. I mean, or uh, or or books.
0: Yeah, I I you know that's a tough one. So yeah, what what can you do? What the
1: submarine do? plans, the market basing mystery, Christmas adventure, the mystery of the Baghdad chest, the second going, uh, the incident of the dog's ball. <laughs> you know things like that. Yeah. So. so that's really all I've got. <laughs> yeah.
0: You know, and that, that's what it is. Uh, even though I, I want to give this movie a higher rating, I going back on it, there's not much to remember about it that, I mean, then that, that kind of, it kind of hurts it, you know? So, um, yeah. Anyway, uh, if, if you want, if you want a movie that, uh, that's at a slower pace and it's, uh, you know, just you want to take in the aesthetic of it all. I would, I would recommend going to see it in theaters on a big screen. Cause, uh, uh, Brian also uh, he purposely filmed it in 65 millimeter, um, to give it a, a specific kind of look. Uh, so uh, I'd say check it out, but it's up to you. I, I don't I don't want to blow it up too big because there's nothing like there's no like a few good men moments or anything like that. You know what I mean? It's not like there's no scenes that are gonna blow you away or anything like that. So. Right. So but hey, if you're if you're old, you'll definitely I think you'll probably like it. <laughs> We had a lot of blue hairs in there when we went and saw it, <laughs> which was fine because you know what? I think that was the first time in weeks that no one made a fucking sound in a theater that we've been to. Every I can't even recall the last time before this movie that someone didn't pull out their fucking phone and kept playing with it or someone kept fucking talking. I I can't recall. Can you recall? Nope. Every fucking week lately. Anyway. Oh, uh, she also
1: wrote Miss Marple. I didn't realize. I forgot about that. Huh?
0: All right. So, yeah, anyway. Uh that's all we got for this one, man. Uh, next movie that we will be talking about is the highly anticipated, I think, uh Justice League movie. It, <laughs> it I you know what, man? I I still I've got no fucking I got I I want to see it, but I don't want to see it at the same time cuz I I there's no hopes there. I expect it to to be mediocre. Okay. And Mike is Mike's probably ready to fucking destroy this movie, so <laughs> he's no, not. A, I'm
1: trying to find.
0: He's not a Joss Whedon fan. He's not much of a Zack Snyder fan. So you put those two fuckers together. Oh my God, uh, I think Mike's gonna have a good time with this one. I think you will. All right. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So that's it. I'm me or you. That's it. All right. All right. Bye. Bye. No. Well, adieu. <laughs> Thanks again for listening. Be sure to check us out at a couple of And please make sure that you leave a comment and share the podcast. That would be awesome.